Good evening and welcome to good evening uh, and welcome to to up top the Wookie football review show with myself Gav Mack and on my left I have Alex Osborne on my right I have Adam Harrelau and depending on how you're looking at the screen it could be flipped the other way around. We're recording this live from Stalker Studio, the best recording studio in the whole of Northamptonshire. The world. In association with the best boozer in Northamptonshire, where you'll be able to find Adam the Greek latest one today doing the quiz at the mail coach, that is, and my favourite drinking hole in the whole of New York City, and that is Mikhail's Sports Bar and Grill. Um, today we will be, of course, doing the normal review of the of, of what's been happening in the Premier League, but there's also other things happening in the world, and that is the Champions League and the Europa League draws. Now, I was going to run through the, the full draw, first of all, of the, uh, of the uh, Champions League. So, in order, it is Dortmund versus PSG, Real Madrid versus Man City, Atalanta versus Valencia, Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool, Chelsea versus Bayern Munich, a replay of the 2012 Champions League final, which I was there for, thank you very much. Um, Leon versus... Uh, just, Drop that one in there. Um, Leon versus Juventus, Tottenham versus Leipzig, and Napoli versus Barcelona. So there are some real tasty, tasty fixtures in there. Let's let's let, let's let's dig into it. Um, PSG, they won their group, so therefore they are the seeded side, and they're going to be playing against Dortmund now. Dortmund, they're they're doing the right in the league themselves at the moment. They've had it a bit. They're a bit inconsistent this year, Dortmund. Obviously, the the Bundesliga is normally a foregone conclusion by this point. Saying that Bayern did make a pretty spectacular comeback last year, I I fancy on their day Dortmund are a better squad, but I think PSG have more match winners. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, I can't decide who's going to win. I would prefer Dortmund myself. Well, to win it's that. a strange I'll one, isn't it? Because PSG are the obviously the clear best in their one team league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Dortmund are in a are supposedly in a one team league as being one of the other teams, aren't they? So Yeah. <laughs> we were saying last week about De Classica, in most leagues, the El Clasico, whatever you want to call it, is always these particular two teams, but yeah. in Germany it's usually it's Bayern, not it's Bayern versus Yeah. Yeah, at the moment over the last few Champions years it's been, it's been Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's been, been Dortmund. Yeah. So it is it's a weird one because Everything would point to a PSG win because of the amount of money they've spent and the two and well, well, Neymar and Mbappe. They, they, they say, Neymar and Mbappe. Icardi. Verazzi. But then Dortmund probably have a better team. Yeah, they've got more cohesive team. And they've got some bright young talents themselves. Obviously, we're all fans of Jaden Sancho. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I think that's a quite a tough one to call. It's, I, I think it's quite a mouth-watering light, uh, match, though. I can't I call it. I'd prefer Dortmund to win. I'd prefer Dortmund. Well, just because of the yellow jumper. <laughs> yeah. Really? Um, yellow, um, well, you're wearing yellow, I'm wearing black. So, together, we are Dortmund. We are Dortmund. Uh, and the away kit is the similar colour to yours as well. We are, we are Team Dortmund. We're back in Dortmund there, then. That's what we're doing for the, for the purpose of the podcast. Anyway, um, <laughs> Atalanta. Atalanta versus Valencia. I think both teams would have fancied playing against each other yeah, when yeah. they saw the draw. Yeah. Valencia, they won their group, of course, which involved Chelsea. Excuse me, involved Chelsea in their group. Atalanta, um, Martin, who does a lot of uh, work for the show, he has a lot of 
affiliation to Atalanta. Well, he, 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 he watches uh, European football quite a lot. Mm. Um, and he had the... I can't remember what channel it was on last year. Yeah, football. It, was of, um, it, went, it was on the SPN for a bit and then went into like, Premier, Premier Sports. Sports or yeah. 11 Sports or something stupid. And he was always going on about how Atalanta go, uh, plays a unique way, yeah. um, which got them into the Champions League. And it's clearly got them out of the group stage now into well, the knockout were, they stage. Well, they were done and dusted. They needed, they? they needed a miracle and they got yeah, it. And they, they got, got it. it, yeah. Um, so, and <laughs> he, 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 he's a fan of football manager and he, he sometimes he sets his team up to play like Atalanta. And does so it work? It, 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 well, it, <laughs> you know, it's football manager, isn't it? You can always, uh, you can always make it work, can't you? So, um, the point is, he's, he is a fan of their creativity. So, mm. yeah, I mean, fair play to them. As you said, they needed a miracle to qualify. They got that miracle. Can they be like Leicester and repeat like their Leicester's run to the quarterfinals of the uh, Champions League? Uh, I think they've ago? got every chance. Playing against Valencia is they've got every chance. Yeah, they have done. But then Valencia better. will be thinking the same though, as you said. Yeah. Quite rightly, they'll be like, "Well, that's the draw we wanted." Could both turn teams. out to be the tie of the round. In it terms could of be the, in terms of goals because both teams are going to definitely go for it. I, yeah, I would say I wouldn't imagine them to be cagey at this stage, particularly no. the Atalanta players who may not find themselves in this position in this, again in this competition, let alone yeah. this stage of it again. Mm, so yeah. definitely, um, Leon versus Juventus. Now, on paper, you walk away straight and saying, well, it was obviously Juventus is going to win. Leon would have fancied their opportunities, but they had two key injuries. In particular, uh, Memphis Depay, who's got an ACL injury now, and he looks like he's going to be out of contention for Euro 2020. Uh, how's that going to affect Leon, not just um, for the rest of the season, but in particular thinking about the last 16 time with Juventus? When your, big, when your big game player, which he is their big game player, goes missing, it can affect the team so Badly mentally, yeah. so I, and you know we've seen it. Yeah. I'm not saying that you know Pop was Man United's best player, but like that affected them when he went off injured. Do you know mm. what I mean? The Liverpool fans talk about the effect that losing a player like Van Dijk would have. Like you know Man City, the goals haven't dried up since Aguero's gone. You know been injured or not been playing as much. But over the years, we've seen that with with him and his effect on the team and things like that. It's it, it can be massive. I think Depay going. I, I I think most people would have backed Juve anyway. Yeah. Um. But then the, this season they're a little inconsistent. Depends on which Juve turn up they've got an amazing squad full of incredible match winners and incredible mm. players and yeah. personally I want Juve to win the Champions League because of Buffon yeah, yeah that's the only reason why I want that and that's, and that's it I, I, I'm not bothered about and they've got Sir Aaron Ramsey so uh, yes they do um, Napoli Barcelona um, on, Napoli. that on. is <laughs> see, I, 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 I do like Barcelona um, but I don't, in fact, I don't like Napoli. I want Barcelona to win that because Napoli stole Cavani from us when, when, um, when, when he was still at Palermo, and they 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 got hold of him on a on a dual, um, dual contract thing that they used to do in Italy. The co the co ownership. Oh, is that where um, each team at the end of it, if they were they, they bid, bid, yeah, and then whoever's got the highest uh, bid, yeah, and yeah. they and they outbid us and off you. Is went. that thing still going? No, no, they took it out of the game. Yeah, yeah they took it out of the game. Yeah. But like, yeah, so I hate Napoli for that reason alone. All sides so, point to a battle win. Yeah, well, I, I I like I like Milik. I do like Milik. Um, but yeah, Barcelona for that. But the British teams, right? So Real Madrid at home to Man City. There was only a bit of talk. Uh, a couple of days ago saying oh well you know if uh, what happens if you get Man City to Zidane and Zidane was like well we'll eliminate uh, we'll eliminate them yeah. and I was like well that's fight talk I think City beat beat Real Madrid but we were just discussing before the games that come in and around those ties and for all the ties in the weekends before and after Manchester City play Real Madrid uh, you would say that all four of them are massive massive Premier League games so the week before they play Real Madrid, so in the days before, so they play on the Wednesday of the 26th of February, they play Chelsea 
Oh. And the week after, then the day, so on the Saturday after, so three days after they play Liverpool. Okay. So what are their priorities? And that's the well, point where do Liverpool win the league? That's it. And, it's, and it, also it, like it, at how that deep, point. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say at that point, a city if they're still this far behind them in the Premier League, then you can see them solely focusing on the Champions League. And also, it just goes to show the depth in the squad because they've yes, City won three nil last night against Arsenal, but that's not really hard work. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but um, but. In terms of City's depth, you know, in the middle of the park, fine. In the forward areas, fine. Defensively, not so much. Mm. And if they've got to play against Chelsea, Liverpool, and then Sam, like that sandwich between around, like around Madrid filling, that's going to be that 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 might be the make or break. I think Pep would have City and, and Pep, Pep would have seen that when it got drawn today. He would have known what fixtures come before the dates of those ties, mm. and he would have said, "Please don't give me Barca, please don't give me Real, because those teams will go at City, yeah. and they can hurt them." I mean, uh, don't have Laporte back by then. You would hope. Imagine, so. You would hope for City. Safe. What was is it? What was Laporte's injury? Uh, it was a th- was it a thigh injury? It's, it was something that like, it looked serious, but he was he was never going to be out for any longer than like four months. The rehabilitation be coming after that now. though, and you know, and he's. I feel like if they don't strengthen in January which are, which, they, which they are likely to do but if they don't that might be them saying right you know we're, they're not relinquishing I don't think Pep will ever relinquish anything but at the end of the day they're 14 points behind Liverpool now by that point if Liverpool come through this period unscathed mm. and they go you know if they're still potentially undefeated by February you know it, it, I think because this time last year Liverpool were undefeated until they lost to City in January it's the only game they lost one yes, game. yeah they lost one so game you look at it like that you know they played Chelsea the week before Chelsea will give them a tough game yeah. uh, well, but then again current, Chelsea, they, Chelsea current, have got Bayern Munich to, to focus this is, this on is, this is so it, this is so. where it all goes well, do you see two reserve well, sides almost from City and Chelsea well here's the thing though it all depends because don't they split up this round into, into sort of four weeks don't they they do one half of the draw play one week mm-hmm. And then the other half... Yeah, so like, the 18th of February is, is Liverpool. The, yeah. the 19th is Tottenham, so that's the Tuesday, Wednesday. The week oh, after... So Chelsea and City play in the, the same 25th week. and the 27th. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So but then like, they still end up having to... Yeah. Like, have, have, um, there's ramifications on that. Um, do you see City overcoming Real Madrid over two legs? I feel like they, they could. It just totally depends on what the situation in the league is. If Liverpool are still 10 plus points clear by that point, I think they would have resigned themselves to Liverpool have won the league. We all know City are going to qualify for the Champions League. They'll be miles ahead of the chasing pack by that point because you know Chelsea keep losing games, keep backing it up anyway. Mm. So there's a little, you know, there's gaps appearing all over the place, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. I feel like at that point, I feel like City will be thinking Champions League, and I do. I do feel like City will overcome them. I think Real Madrid are in need of a little bit of a rebuild. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, 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 well, I think Pep's a better manager than Zidane. Yeah, I think that's uh, um, uh, yeah. But then <laughs> so, again, you got to look at Zidane's record since he's been in management. Yes, you can yes. look at oh yeah, you were in Real Madrid. You know, like fans next, 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 him, next no. scores three-legged cat can run Real Madrid, yeah. but it doesn't the mean return, that they still the re- have to turn up on the, the day and get leg, something. The week before the return leg, which is the twenty, uh, which is the seventeenth of March, the weekend before they play Leicester. Mm. The weekend after they play Arsenal, yeah. so literally some so three, three points. So for yeah, so for me, I, I feel like that point City just go okay Premier League. I've, yeah. I've got a feeling that City were more focusing on the Champions League this year. We said that, it at the start of the just, season. Yeah, well, we it. thought they were going to do that last year, and they were got they, well, well, they, yeah. they got unlucky with that, didn't they? Against uh, against Tottenham, um, Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool. That's a that's a tasty clash. Ta- 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 tasty clash. Defense um, versus attack. Defense versus attack. Simeone versus Klopp. Simeone pragma- 
pragmatism yeah. versus Klops. Swashbuckling. Gag and press, heavy metal. Gag and press. What's the saying in boxing? Styles make fights, clashes, or styles make clashes, or whatever the uh, we're, saying we're football is. fans. The way I see it is. <laughs> <laughs> the way I see it, unstoppable. Let's get Gareth Davis on the show. Let's see what he does. Unstoppable force meets immovable object. I mean, that's not necessarily always the case because Athletic have a lot of firepower. Yes, they do. People forget about that. Yeah, but then their top scorer in the league so far is Morata and he's only got six goals. Yeah. I can't see... I can only see Liverpool. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd fancy Liverpool to win, but I still think... On the face of it, people might think, oh, that's going to be a boring tie. I, I don't Liverpool think so. Liverpool don't know how to play boring football. No. And I think Atletico Madrid, Simeone will get him up for this game. Or if they, if he can't, then his time there is done. Well, he's been to a couple of Champions League finals over the last few years. I get years. the feeling that if, if he doesn't come away with either Champions League or the league this year... and His I, time's I, done anyway. I do, I do feel that because he's been there a long time. A lot of managers do say it when they, they take have a shelf their, life, they, they do. They take their club as far as they can go. I can't see... Simeone being you know, the kind of manager that's going to spend 20 years at one club I can't I can't see it Has he, what's he been there 8, 9 years now yeah so I, I, I can't see Liverpool play Everton and uh, what have I got there so Everton and Palace in the weekends oh, before oh, after. that's made but for them isn't it yeah, so they're going to win the treble this year at Liverpool aren't they <laughs> Yeah, what's the odds on that we'll just find out the odds on that before the end of the show we'll put that on the page gamble responsibly of course um, Chelsea versus Bayern as I said um, I, 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 I went there Champions League final 2012 um, got offered 16,000 euros for my ticket and I rejected it you should have taken it no because I might not ever get to a Champions League final ever again and that's why that's why I could not do that <laughs> I was on the halfway line literally it was most incredible seat ever uh, anyway um, Chelsea versus Bayern um, we're going to be talking about Chelsea quite heavily. In fact, we'll link this game into how Chelsea um, fared. Do Spurs at the weekend. First, Do Spurs. Yeah, I'll tell you, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. We'll link um, Spurs versus Leipzig. Um, Leipzig. Ooh. Now, I think people are just automatically saying that Spurs have qualified for this, but I think people are one forgetting how good Leipzig actually are, and two it's how good Nagelsmann is. So I feel this like is this not might getting... be Nagelsmann's audition. For wherever he may go. Well, everyone thought that he was going to be going to Bayern Munich There's before he signed this deal because his wife loves Bavaria. I think she's actually from Bavaria. So they they went and bought a house in Bavaria last summer. They still haven't appointed a manji, have they? Not officially. Bayern, no, no, not yet. The big chat, the big chat is the potentially Barcelona, but then there's also a chat of you know Pep going back. But is that romance talk? Yeah. I, I, it's another case of. A lot of teams, not just in the Premier League, are in world football are in transition at the minute, like in the case of rebuilding. So you look even Barcelona potentially there is rebuilding for definitely a managerial go around a roundabout coming yeah. around, coming up soon. Massively. Mm. Uh, once the Arsenal jobs get filled, <clears> the Everton <throat> jobs, that's going to create vacancies elsewhere. Managers have a lot of power these days because a lot of managers are looking at clubs and going, well, you know, I've got the expertise to come to your club, but if you don't give me the backing that I want in terms of funding, you know, particularly, you look at the hyperinflation in the market, like what players are going for these days. A lot of clubs aren't able to actually look at that and go, well, we can give you that, which is why Arsenal are looking potentially at a manager like Arteta. But this is what's weirding me out about the reason why Mourinho went to Tottenham because Tottenham, perennial, like, they do not Spend a penny. But there's a that's point. Is that so the point is, like, is this is that sorry, they haven't in, in you know, they didn't in eighteen, 18 money, months worth of window. Yeah, but then they've spent all this money on the stadium and whatever. So that even tells you well, got more that they're not going to spend any money. I would like to point out there there are certain uh, uh, rumours around going that um, 
the Spurs owner, is it, what's his name? Levy. Daniel Levy. No, not Daniel Levy. Oh, the, oh, the, oh John, the, It's not John Lewis, but his name's something Lewis. I think Lewis is involved, isn't it? But he is wanting to potentially sell on Spurs and they see Mourinho as being the kind of recognised put them in the sales window. To put them in the window to, for potential suitors. So that could be something that mm. is something to watch out with Spurs. As for this tie, it's, again, it, I really like this draw. Mm. If you wait for, uh, we always go, go on about like the warm balls. Yeah, exactly. If they if they've managed to do it for this one, I mean, I, I really approve of this because there's legitimately one, two, three, potentially four of those ties where you could legitimately say that would be a semi final. Well, game, to be fair, all match, of these it? games, really and truly, you don't really know which way they're going to go. You yes. normally look at a draw yes. and be like, well, that's clear favourite. Yeah. You know, they're 16 to 1 on. It's you not, know, and these are. Yeah, like, it is. Like, it's not like know. one of those where it's like Real Madrid have got. Atalanta or Barcelona have got Valencia or Man City no got Valencia. To those guys. Yeah, no disrespect to those they're the fans of those clubs. Lies. But because because they've um, drawn each other, it then leaves the other big clubs to go against Well yeah, it's it's, it's, it's open draw. This is this is definitely what and this what, is needed for European football. So at that's the end of the day, Leipzig these are, game. It's not well. just it's not just on paper that they're the best sixteen teams in Europe you know, determined by whoever qualified from their groups. So like mm-hmm. when you look at these ties Every team in, on their day can beat the other team. Yeah, yeah one they, million. I think they, they, the they'll all be looking at we yeah. can win this. Um, we can win this game and go through to the next round. And the joy of it is when it gets to the quarterfinal stage, it's a free for all. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter who gets drawn against who. That's when the warm balls come out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Chelsea versus Bayern. Um, that's that's going to be a madness game because we don't know what's going to be happening Bayern at the time. But there was a mini meltdown going on at Chelsea, and Chelsea lost at the weekend one nil. Whereas Bayern, they were one nil down against Werder Bremen and smashed it six one with a Coutinho hat trick. Two assists as well. And can you see uh, if you get a chance to watch Coutinho? Like, do you remember like old school player cap? Yeah, on Sky. You know, just just do do that with Coutinho from this weekend and get a box of Kleenex alongside you because you will not be disappointed by what you see. But Chelsea um, will be disappointed by what they saw and they lost 1-0 to Bournemouth. Now, the goal itself, like right towards the end of the game, 84th minute, it was um, it was, uh, it was originally ruled out for offside, but it was actually onside. Um, Danny Gosling, like, the, the ball like, came back in. Danny Gosling sort of like, flipped it over his head and as Pellicquet did everything he could to clear it off the line. Well, it was clearly over the line. The, the player, he, line. it was clearly onside. People are arguing, saying, "Oh, yeah, but he impeded someone's vision," or you know, no. he was there. It was nothing to no. do with it. That's people. That's people holding on. That's where VAR is absolutely spot on, and that's where we can't complain about it because in that game, at the end of the day, Chelsea didn't create enough chances. Chelsea didn't score any goals. Bournemouth took their chance and they and they won the game. They and, did, and they deserved the three points. And Rudiger, um, that's his first start since September, or first game since September. What it's back what from they, injury, isn't it? Yeah, it's back yeah. from injury, but they partnered him alongside Azuma. What's going on with Tamori? Well, I uh, don't know. He uh, might not be at the right level, and this is the point that's, that you know it's you're going to have good games and bad games. You could take a lot of Championship players and put them in the Premier League, and you know if you put them alongside good players, they're going to have you know, they're going to have good games. And I've said this before about the level in the in the Premier League, mm-hmm. you know, and the level in the Championship. For me, if you swapped out, let's say, I don't know, like I know Norwich got a great result this weekend, but if you swapped out a Norwich for a West Brom, for example, I feel like West Brom comfortably stay in the Premier League at the moment. You know, at the you, moment? Yeah. No, but, yes, no, no, but, but then trust me, this is the point. Me seeing, so Fulham particularly, 
right? Fulham, you know, a bit inconsistent this year, you know, hovering in the playoffs, people are expecting them to be in and around, if not in the top two. You know, it, it that's the point. So a player like Tamori is going to go in the Premier League and, you know, he's going to have, you know, 50% of the time, he's going to have a good time of it. But then against top quality players, top quality centre forwards, which I don't think there are enough of in the Premier League, mm-hmm. he is going to get found out when he does play against them. Because mm-hmm. when it does happen and he does get bullied off the ball, because he is only still, you know, like... Oh, he's like, like, a kid. Yeah. I think the other point, and this leads to what Adam's saying, with young players, as, as we said a couple of, year, a couple of years ago... <laughs> It feels like that long ago. It feels that long ago. But What's a couple of weeks ago, we were saying <laughs> we were saying how you can, with young players being introduced into the team, that they can go through patches of form. Yeah. And it's only with the experience when they know how to deal with a player with a, with playing each week, preparing yourself, going through your training, your everything that you do to mentally prepare yourself for playing in the Premier League. It hasn't hasn't sunk in for him yet, and. With them bringing back Rudiger, I think that was an indication because Chelsea have had a poor run of form well, recently, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, which, um, no, which, uh, they've lost four of the last five games. Exactly. So it kind of feels like you know they, they've had a dip in form, which probably coincides with... Because Mason Mount hasn't scored for a while as well, mm-hmm. so he's probably suffering a little bit of... Um, Fatigue, maybe. Fatigue, maybe um, a lack of confidence. Lack of confidence. So you weeks. bring those out of the. You bring and this is where I think we said it uh, a couple of weeks ago, where you look to your more experienced players to then step up and be able to bring them along with them. Mm. You know, and I think I feel that's probably what Lampard's thought here with Rudiger bringing bought, being brought back into the side. I'd imagine he's gone through the last couple of weeks of playing for the under 23s to get match fitness into his legs well that's um, what I mean I would, I would have thought oh, it so, would have been a bit strange if he's just, yeah I was going to say if he's, if he's I mean Chelsea any Chelsea fans who watch the show please tell us if you, if that's the case but I, I would like to think that's what he's done otherwise it feels like it's a bit of a mistake from Lampard if he hasn't done and he's just born straight that back was also it. a major jump from the Championship to the Premier League now um, I was in the pre-season, I was at Cobblers and um, they played a friendly match against Sheffield United. And I was talking to Captain Robertson, who's a local lad, Northampton guy. And he was saying that he's so used to, like, well, he came through the ranks of Villa. He knows how to how to train and how to deal with things and whatever. And I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, to be honest. But like when he's at Preston, he just goes up, does his training as normal, not a problem. Go home, do your thing. Goes to Sheffield United... And Sheffield United know that they're in the Premier League and they have to step up their training. He was like, dude, I've never had to train like this in my life. But he loves it. But it's just the fact that you have to step up. It's a level, I'd imagine it's a level of professionalism Yeah, exactly. The Championship is a strong league and you know full well because you follow a club in the Champions League, uh, in the Championship, sorry, and you know exactly, once upon a time, uh, (laughs) you know exactly what, how tough the Championship is. Not disrespect to Preston. It's just another No disrespect to Preston, but when you go to a club like you know, name drop Leeds in here as well. But like you know, a club like Sheffield United, a club like Leeds United. So like when you know, historically, you know, second tier hovering clubs mm. like Sheffield. For me, they're a massive. They're a massive club. They're a massive Yorkshire club. It's good for like teams it's in good Yorkshire. For Yorkshire. And yeah, so it is good. But like that's the thing when you know when they do take that step. We've said about Madison, for example. Oh, you know, I, I told I said tennis all through last year. You know, when that guy goes to a Premier League club, he will step up, and he has stepped up. You mm. know what I mean? And, it, and that's the thing. Like it's not it's not as easy as that. So a player like tomorrow 
you know, he's got a massive career ahead of him, and he's gonna he's gonna be fine. Like a lot of people said, like you know, Rio Ferdinand wasn't good enough until a player like Vidic was alongside him. Do you know what I mean? He still had a great, no, you know, he still had great, mad insane. He was a he was a great player at West Ham. He was a great player at Leeds. He was a great player at Man United. Yeah, he was no, he was great at West Ham, great at Leeds, and became a world class and a half at Manchester. He's in my Premier League level. almost. Yeah, yeah, he's in my. I'd say he was elite. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I would. The thing is, I would say that was a step over. I was going to say you put you put in like. I know we're going on a bit of a tangent. The point, the point I'm making, and to round it off, is that. You know, great oh, players. Oh, back to centre halves. <laughs> great, no, great players are great with you know great players a lot. Yeah. Good players can be made great with great you know great players alongside yeah. them. So yeah, my example, my example for that is you know, is Lovren going to be as good if he had let's say instead of Van Dijk next to him, Socrates? No, they're going to both look like donkeys in my opinion. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. He's Socrates so, alone, man. Huh? <laughs> you know all about Socrates. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so anyway, the point Frank, is. Yeah, back to Frank. Fra- I. It's, I it's, hope Chelsea don't panic. I hope I please. I hope they don't panic and do something rash like fire him or abandon this philosophy. I know they had this philosophy forced on them a bit with the transfer ban over the summer. Mm. Now that they've got the, they can sign players back. I just hope that they don't abandon it and they realise it. It's a process. True, because that, the reason why I have to like jump in slightly is because when. Chelsea won the Champions League in 2012. They had Bobby Di Matteo, who was never meant to be their main gaffer. No. He won the Champions League with Chelsea. The Champions League, they've never won it. They've never even come close to being part of the, 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 the upper echelon of European forces. Next thing you know, yeah, they won a cup in his cup, but Arsenal won a cup in his cup. Big, big trophy, by the way, big trophy. Um, but... Like, he got them to the Champions League final and he won it. And he was sacked by October. Now, they had the money then, there was no issue with that. So, with Frank now, you know, he hasn't got anything like backing him up. Like, how can he sort of try and turn Chelsea's a poison child. It's a poison child. I agree 100% with that. And Chelsea, that Chelsea era, they still had, they were in the area where they still had a pretty much. Because they won the league, didn't they? A season a season or two after they got sacked, didn't they? Because Mourinho came back Conte. in. Uh, Conte, Conte, yeah, Conte came in and he won the league. And then Mourinho came 17. in and he won the league again. Mm. So that was what Chelsea are. They've come to the end of that cycle, haven't they? And mm. they're now having to then refresh it. And Lampard is definitely the way to go. And I hope that they stick with him and they don't abandon this too soon. But I've got a feeling that Chelsea are just going to be, they're going to be panicking and looking at they could lose out on Champions League and therefore that that impacts them financially and they're going to go out and try and spend money on players that they don't need who ultimately won't be better than the players that they've got playing from now. Yeah. They've just got to be patient. They did it with Bakayoko. They went out and yeah. they spent loads of money on a player who'd had a good season somewhere else. I've said it about Man United. Well, they put the wrong player. That I said it about yeah, yeah. Man United with, with Lindelof, for example. Like they, they, you know, he was on, he was on nearly going to Middlesbrough for a couple of million quid. And Middlesbrough said, "No, oh, no, thanks. He's garbage," yeah. which he is. And then he had a really good season at Benfica. Suddenly, he's a thirty million pound man. He goes to Man United, and I'm really sorry if anyone disagrees with me, but the guy's an absolute donkey. I'll tell you what. Let's go into that game. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Everton. Uh, our, our weekly. Uh, section of the show what are Everton uh, Manchester United won Everton won full of spirit wow what are Everton they're making they, me they're making me believe so okay so this Everton I think uh, riding on the uh, Duncan Ferguson is in either making them play out of fear or 
I'll be panicking. He's definitely injecting them with attitude. Because the thing you mentioned to me the other day when we were watching Arsenal versus Liège in the European yeah. League, so that Arsenal come across as so casual, so they walk into, Arsenal walk into a game they, as if yeah. they're four 0 up already. Yeah, they've got yeah. a handicap four 0 right. right? Let's go. And yeah. the, the the point is. You can't you can't play like that, and I feel like Everton were a similar sort of ilk. They kind of didn't have the right attitude, mm. but with the players that they've got, if they had someone who instills a bit of attitude and belief and pride to wear the shirt, yeah. uh, combined with the talent that they've got, then you can start to get some results. The problem is, is once that wears off and the message starts to become a bit stale, is Ferguson. Does he have enough about him to be able, if they do give him the job, does he have enough about him to be able to get through that and actually well, be... I'm not... I'm because not. it just seemed to me yesterday it was a, let's get 10 men behind the ball merchant and then just hope to hit him on the counter attack. Well, they're, they're playing 4-4-2 you know I mean? and I love that. You know, two banks of four, two up top. Oh, nice one. Um, but like, that's, what they, that's what they were doing. And I just think that when they set up against Chelsea... They knew exactly what they wanted to do. They knew what Chelsea were going to do, so they tried to combat against it, but with two banks of four, that's what Burnley keep doing so well. You know, just two banks of four. No one's going to get between these lines, and then you've got two big brutes up top, well, for, um, for Burnley. Not so much big brutes in terms of the uh, the stature of Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin, but the, the footwork between the pair of them, the energy between the two of them, when they are defending, Richarlison, he's got energy for days. So he'll come back and he'll sit just above the, that, that midfield bank. What I'm impressed about Everton from this weekend is the fact that they had issues. They had like sickness bug going around in the camp beforehand. You know, Sigerson missed out. Um, uh, what's his name? Miller Park. Um, Tom Davis. No, Tom Davis started. Um, anyway, whoever it was. But Holgate had to step into centre mid. He's never played centre mid in his life. And he was able to step up and do a job. And I think the passion that Duncan Ferguson is feeding into Everton and he's banging on saying he don't want a job. It must be. This so is the point is that he, you know people will be people will be calling him to get the job. If Lungbird <laughs> would have won, you know, four out of five games since being in charge of Arsenal in all competitions, people would be like, give him the job full yeah, time. Yeah, only got one minute six. No, it's not. Five. One yeah, five. this is what I'm saying is that like, you know. It's results business at the end of the day. Yeah, massively. Mm, and it's yeah. the same thing, no, to, to, to back on Lampard for a second, that like, you know, they if they go on and, you know, only win two out of the next three games or even four games, mm. then people will ask a question. If they drop out of the Champions League spaces, suddenly for a Wolves or a Sheffield or a, or a Man United or, you know, Tottenham are obviously like right back in where they need to be. You know, that's when they start asking the questions. And I don't, you know, Ferguson will be the first person because obviously he loves Everton and he's, no. He's, oh, he's, he's so you know, yeah, he's, a, he's, a he's a Scotsman, but he's an Evertonian. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He's, he'll be the he's first, a, he's he'll be the first person that if Ancelotti was to get the job, and I know how you feel about Ancelotti and that's fine. But a massive manager with the credentials and obviously the trophy cabinet that Ancelotti has, that's a huge signing for Everton and that's a huge statement of intent. Yeah. So if they do go out and get an Ancelotti who does still have pull in the world of football. We're going to have to cancel this section of the show being what are Everton? Well, and Unless, it, it, unless, it, unless he fails, it, 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 it would be it would be interesting. Um, I I think Arcalo Ancelotti probably suits Everton more than he does Arsenal at this point. <laughs> only because of the two, only because of the way that Everton want to go about things. 
uh, and he would fit in more with what they've got. It's a, it's a. Like, I just feel like I know what you're Arsenal saying. is more of a project, and See. Carlo Ancelotti is not a project See, manager. I, th- I, I, th- I think I he's think, not a project manager. I, I think Everton is a project. So therefore, because Everton have no direction. Everton don't know who they are, what they are, where they want to be. So therefore, someone like we keep banging on, like you bang on about Arteta, for instance, he's a club legend at Everton. You know, if he was to go to Everton, like that, he would be able to try and build and mould something and turn Everton into something. I think Arsenal are just an upper echelon above that. But um, Lindelof, as you were mentioning, um, he got the Oggy in the end, but like, should that goal have even have stood? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I saw the replays and the slowed down and the VAR check, and they're sort of like, oh, a hand was in, was in, was in De Gea's face. De Gea goes up to punch, Carvalhoen goes up for a header. It's it, you know six or one half a dozen of the other. I don't think there's much in it. And at the end of the day, like as a striker, the amount of times that I've face planted because I'm going to head a ball that you know the keeper gets to or a defender gets to before I do, you gamble on that. It's not. He's, he's just not good enough. He's a Manchester United centre-half. I hate Manchester United. To be a Manchester United player and to be a Manchester United centre-half, to, to, to allow that to even get anywhere near you without knowing it's coming or without doing anything about it is embarrassing, quite frankly. I looked at that and said it was embarrassing. And you know what? They had to... You know, Mason, Mason Greenwood will come on to him like mm. as a player that can come in... Like, young player with a bit of hunger about him coming into a game and grabbing a goal. He's got something to prove. He's got toes, mate. So something good, man. Something to prove uh, and eight points on to, 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 <laughs> to back up from what uh, Greek's saying not only is it poor from Lindelof A he's facing the wrong way for example Paris for, for starters he, he should be facing out right mm. but he's facing towards his goal second of all right you get you see those fouls being given quite regularly against goalkeepers so yeah. it wasn't weird that it wasn't given however De Gea just kind of just throwing up a, a, a an arm up there without any real conviction and kind of and, yeah exactly and he was turning away at the same time so how earth are you going to be able to punch the ball if a you're not looking at it and you're kind of not committing to they it they say to strikers um, all the time you know get on top of the goalkeeper and make him feel uncomfortable I've been clattered yeah. by goalkeepers you know they've collected the ball or you know they've gone over the top of me need me in the head and then suddenly Sorry. you know a foul's been given a foul's been given against me I was had a thought of what's happened this weekend in Germany. To what clattering from goalkeepers? Schalke game. Did you see that? No, I didn't. I'll find it. I'll find a video and I'll put it on the two up top Facebook page. Yeah, it's it is absolutely filthy. It's literally it's almost like it's like Hans Schumacher, nineteen eighty two, <laughs> all over again. Um, but like, they, like I think that is a free kick. Okay. I don't like De Gea. I, I honestly don't. People bang on about De Gea because he makes all these saves. That's because Man United's defence has been absolutely shocking since 2012-2013. De Gea is not a great goalkeeper. De Gea is a very good goalkeeper. That is it. He doesn't know how to command his box and he's been doing that for ages. Can you imagine if he was able to command his box? That guy would be world class. He's well, only been a that should that should be their area that they dominate. Exactly, and but we, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. And then people go, "Oh, this goalkeeper's really good because distribution's really good." I don't care about distribution. You're there to stop the ball going in the back of your net. You look at someone like Alisson has, has has presence. You know, look at Alisson's great fantastic. Got, get great goalkeepers in the Premier League. I, I was the, like the best. Like, in in terms of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, I'm looking at Alisson. I'm looking at Schmeichel. I'm looking at maybe um, uh, Ramsdale. I'm not even lying. He's just not got a great defence in front of him. He's not, he's not got a great defence in front of him. So, so that's not his fault. He can only stop what's in front of him. And like, like De Gea, he makes a good... And Gazaniga as well. I love Gazaniga. I think he's 
absolutely fantastic goalkeeper. <clears throat> um, I, Mason Greenwood. If you're going to throw those, then I'm definitely throwing Leno into that because he's certainly stepped up this season. He's no. not had a lot of help from his defence. Exactly. And he's made. He's you know he's looking like you know De Gea to Manchester United over the last few years. So I to think the Arsenal defence is really good. Um, <laughs> Mason uh, Mate Greenwood. Uh, yeah. He got the equaliser. Um, you know, he just came off the bench um, not too long before. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got seven goals this season in all competitions. The kid's eighteen. He's a bit of a baller, isn't he? Yep. It was a clean strike. I liked it. Well, he's got a bright future. At the end he of the has, day, yeah. it, it reminds me a little bit of when Sterling was coming through at Liverpool and, you know, just playing with a bit of freedom and enjoying it. He's not moaning about not getting chances because when he is getting chances, he's taking them. Mm. You know, his, his goals to minute ratio must be fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It really is. It's actually, it's only a shade behind uh, Rashford exactly. at the moment. So, like, he's, he's like, absolutely loving life. Um, but a one-all draw, I think that is deserved. Now, Moyes Keane, he came off the bench on 70 minutes, 71st minute, and was taken off on 88 minutes. Ferguson, 19, man. Ferguson said it was to waste a bit of time um, in terms of a substitution. What about Calvert-Lewin? But this is the point. I don't... I, I feel like, because, you know, there are rumblings that, you know, Keane's family aren't happy or, like, his agent isn't happy. Uh, Keane has apparently said he's not happy either. I wonder whether, again, Duncan Ferguson's come in and has not tried... Yeah, I think he's tried to make an example of him and he's gone, if you're not going to go out there and pull your weight, then... Because I put the stats up on the group chat, didn't Yes, you did, You know, yeah. like you know, ball given away several several times, like you no know, one out of four passes completed. It's shocking. Like really bad. So he's gone out there, he's had a stinker and he's been dragged off. And like he can he can complain all he wants about it. Like at the end of the he's day. Not like, enough game time. Yeah, not giving him the game time. But then we don't we don't see the we don't see the we don't see the, the things that they see in training. Yeah, I agree and I that. say it the same thing and again like you know I'm an assistant manager on it on a Saturday team, right? And I say the same thing and I say every single week. I said, if you, you know, one, if you don't turn up to training, because obviously that's amateur, like, yeah. you know, a lot of people have to commit to work and like kids and that's fine. As long as we know about it and we get a little simple text for All it, I want is a text you know? back. All I want is a text, right? And as I was saying this is that, you know, if you do then turn up and you're just coasting around, you're not bothering, I'm sorry, the kid who may have a slightly not as good first touch as you, but he's working his socks off and he's, you know, training the way that he plays, they're going to get the chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keen's come over and I'm sorry, Juve were happy to see the back of him. And yeah. there's got to be a reason for that. Well, we say that, we say this a lot. When when big teams, when you're Juve's, Barca's, Real's, uh, PSG, when, they're, when, they're, when they are prepared to let a player go, there's a reason behind 100%. it. 100%. There always is. There's a reason that teams don't want to get rid of players like, you know, like Ronaldo. Man United kept him for an extra season when he was, you know, 21, 22. Because there was, there was a reason for it. Yeah. Mm. It was yeah. A, it's top quality. Like, and top it, quality, but his yeah, attitude. First, yeah, the on the, first on the training ground and last yeah. off. I always say this, like, you know, I've only ever been like, a, you know, barely a semi-professional footballer. Like, not even that. Like, But I would always be the one wanting to turn up an hour before training. Mm. You know what I mean? To practice my free kicks and stuff. And then when it comes to actually the game, people say, oh, let me have this one. You're not having it. Because I practice this. Yeah. And I work harder yeah. on it than you. And I want it. That's how Madison There's gets away with it. That's how Burkham Beckham got away with it. That's how like, um, what Prowse gets just, away with it. just want to point out, there's that word again, attitude. It's all about attitude. Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. 100%. Mm. And Everton have clearly got a guy in who is giving him that attitude. And with Moyes Keane, he's clearly, he's either going to toe the line or he's not going to play. Mm. And it wouldn't be a shock if we see that he's uh, if he can he move clubs again yeah, in January yeah, because no, I know there's a maximum there's a maximum yeah, amount of times he, he, yeah, he plays. I think he's going to join a third. In yeah. Jan, yeah. So watch his space because he could be one of those. It's like 
felt if he does play again, it's because he's obviously gone away from that situation and gone. No, I want to be a part of this. I need to prove a point now. Yeah, you know, not. not Which a, would say a lot about him as a character because as a nineteen-year-old, maybe that doesn't quite come to you. Some people get bitter it? and they go, they go, oh well, no, now I'm annoyed. I don't want to be yeah, a part of it. Screw it. Yeah. But it's like yeah. you know, I always say it to the lads when they lose the ball, and I say, take it personally. Don't sulk and wave your hands and ask for a foul or a free kick or anything like that. I said, get up off the floor and chase it down. Mm. Get goal side and work hard. And at the end of the day, if he didn't turn up to training the next day, you know, like, or to analysis, like with you know, pen in hand and like, or you know, with with his boots on, ready to go and working harder then that that shows the character again we don't see that if he doesn't play again then it's obvious what's happened if he does and he's getting more game time and then he starts bagging goals which is what we've been you know told that he can do then that's that we're not being told with what we saw last year when when, like there was no right of him being anywhere near the starting 11 for Juve last year but he was bagging he got like 7 goals in 13 games exactly some key goals because they were getting like chased down by by Napoli last year, and they, it, it was still they were still able to get over the line. Well, oh, it's Juve; they're going to win the league. We've seen him with Sanchez they, they still had when to he, do it. you know, when he was at Bayern, and he was really well for Bayern. He gets loaned out. Obviously, Clement was at Swansea. He comes to Swansea, and he was he was nowhere. Yeah, nowhere to be seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad attitude. He thought he was bigger than the club. And yeah. he, didn't go, he didn't do anything with it. And it, that that was that was testimony to the guy. Where is Sanchez now? Mm. Yeah, he's not really doing a great deal. There's a couple of games that I want to run through um, quickly. Um, we will go with Burnley versus Newcastle. Um, wonderful game. Um, um, Andy Carroll was skipper. Uh, I don't know what you think of that. Um, the only goal of the game came from... That's, 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 no one cares. Um, the only goal of the game, um, it came from uh, the referee actually giving a goal kick initially when uh, Chris Wood was putting pressure on um, Fernandez. He's changed his mind without a need of VAR, and it's the correct decision. The ball, like as the ball's heading back to go over the line, Fernandez has fallen over it, and it's sort of like rolled the ball out. Anyway, ball gets whipped in, and then Chris Wood far post because he loves a header. And the only overall talking point that Andy Carroll got a yellow card um, for an elbow on Ben Mee is going up for a header. Um, I I'd even feel aggrieved giving a free kick for it. To be honest. You know, it's, it's it's the same thing as the De Gea challenge with, with Calvert-Lewin, if you ask me. Like, you know, it's six or one half. On, on any other given day, a referee can give a different thing. Like, we've all seen tackles that go, oh, I've seen that given as a red card. Ref's not even given a free kick. Do you know what I mean? They go even two overzealous or two over the top. See Nani in the Champions League against Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Yeah, like, you know, that gets sent off. But in any other game in the world, when you're refereeing or when anyone else is refereeing, no one even bats an eye at that because he's not looking at the player. It's mm. just a pure accident. Arbeloa comes through the back of him. And, you know, it's the same thing here. Like, you know, to talk about the goal, Andy Carroll was in the box defending. Mm. Why the hell isn't Andy Carroll on Chris Wood? I don't understand it. Yeah, Probably the two the, biggest the guys. Two, well, oh, the, at the end of the day, you know, the best header of the ball for, for Burnley, in my opinion, and definitely probably one of the best headers of the ball in the Premier League, winning a header from behind a man, 100%, in my opinion, probably Andy Carroll's in that, in that mm, argument. Yeah. I don't understand why he wasn't on him. And that's the things that, you you know, that, you know, I'm not saying that. But then we watch that as fans and going, like, we, we pull our hair out. Um, well, you have was it? Well, well, you pull your hair out. Um, <laughs> me, me, I wear a hat. Uh, so, <laughs> but like the thing is, it just it doesn't make sense from uh, from like well, we're not basic football fans. We know our stuff, you know. We've got other qualifications, or we've done semi pro stuff, or we've been referees, or we're scouts, or whatever. We we know our stuff. So to see something so basic as that, it must be frustrating. Well, it's frustrating for for us as football fans, and it must be frustrating 
for Newcastle United fan. I did Dubravka for me, like, you know, he's a good goalkeeper. And I'm not sitting there saying, you know, because Newcastle can't go out and spend 20, 30 million on a player, let alone a goalkeeper. Well, they did. They did. They spent they spent 25 million on Almiron and they spent 45 million on Joe Linton. But, but buying a goalkeeper is a different case. You know, you want a, a goalkeeper, great goalkeepers. I want a goalkeeper who is a loudmouth, gobby idiot, who can, who can command a box and can yeah. command an area. At the end of the day, if I can see that Chris Wood's lurking around behind me at the far post, you know, and he's a little off-centre or a little two to the near post, like for me, you do it as a striker. Like, I'm not going to stand in the area I think I'm going to head of the ball. I'm going to stand, you know, six to seven yards off that and I'm going to run into it when the yeah, ball's coming yeah, yeah. in. I don't understand it at the end of the day because Chris Wood's not even really moved. He's got a man on him and, you know, you, you, again, you're saying, like, you know, you gamble on winning in the header he has he's won the header it's gone in and then you know Andy Carroll stood in and around the middle of the six yard box going oh okay well you know why was he on the goalkeeper protecting the goalkeeper zonal I, hate, I was going to say our laws sounds like, it sounds like Newcastle employing a zonal system Most and Burnley have, Bur- Burnley have taken advantage Burnley know their strengths we've said this you know two banks of four and then the big strong men at the top and they whip the ball to them and they, and they win games and they score goals Newcastle are having a great season Burnley are having a good season they're both going to be absolutely fine yeah, yeah they'll, they'll be, be fine yeah, um, two teams that are struggling at the moment that's uh, Southampton and West Ham um, West Ham they um, they're seven defeats in the last nine games um, and Halaire yeah and Halaire um, no goals in eight so everybody knew exactly what was going to be happening in this West Ham are going to win 1-0 and Seb Haller will score the goal, and that's exactly what happened there. Um, Declan Rice, um, he actually scored in the first minute, um, but it was ruled out for offside, correctly so, didn't even bother going to, to VAR, and I like that. Just put your trust in your officials. Um, there was a situation where a penalty could have been given. Um, Ryan Bertrand uh, seemed to take out Haller and Antonio at the same time. No pen was given, it went to VAR. Not enough to turn it over. Um, Snodgrass um, put a cross in uh, for four nails. He nodded it back and then bam, there it was. Seb Haller loves it. Um, and Antonio, he's just... He's a great player. He's he won't be at, he, won't, he won't be at West Ham next year. Well, he's versatile. He's uber versatile. He's played left back, right back, left mid, right mid and for, as the main striker for, for West Ham. He'll be a... No disrespect to West Ham because I, you know, I've got a little soft spot for him. Like you know, like, like Leeds and West Ham have a little mini alliance going there. But I, he'll be a he'll be a big club. I don't think he will because he's he's not finished, but he's twenty eight. Way anyway. Um. So, um, <laughs> um, but he's, yeah, he's about twenty eight now, isn't he? So like, yeah. he's not gonna he's not gonna make it. You watch his space. He joins Leeds next year in the Prem. I'll That's be over. The, I'll be over. Oh, yeah. I'll be over the moon. Over the moon. Love it. Um. Antonio. Um. He did think he scored, and that's like two screamers. Two away games on the spin <coughs> where the ball has hit his hand in the build-up of something and um, the goal's been chalked off him. Um, it's a shame because it was a lovely finish Great for goal. Paul Berger. Um, <laughs> Danny Ings slaps the bar. That would have been six goals in six... Uh, well, in six consecutive games. It would have been the first person to do it since the mid-90s. Um, and everyone knows who that point for Southampton. Southampton. One of the things yeah. that I noticed, particularly when watching this game, and, it, and it, for me it happened a lot over... You know, it's happening a lot over the season... I feel like there's a lack of very good creative midfielders in the Premier League and a lot of these strikers are having to make well, these situations for themselves. So yeah. players like Danny Ings, you know, if you put him in front of, I don't know, let's say 2012 Cesc Fabregas and 2012 Mezar Ozil, Danny Ings would bag a hatful. 
You know, it's like it's like when Liverpool had like you know Gerard and Suarez. Like they make like not, I think Sturridge is a great striker when he's not injured. Oh, in, actual, like, in terms of striking ability, yeah. he's one of the best natural finishers. But he in would never he would never get them chances if he didn't the players behind him, and that's what's happening. I think to players like Ings and like Haller at their respective clubs, there's not enough creativity behind them. Yeah, and you, uh, there is a reason why because the most successful team, or certainly the the most successful team right now in Liverpool, are all about. Power, pace, high pressing, Industrious. high energy, and look at their midfield. It's not really creative, they so no that's going to see, it's, it's gonna see throughout the rest of the league because, like, well, Liverpool are doing it. Look how successful they are. Well, this is like um, literally like when Chelsea won the league a couple of years ago. I feel, ago, I feel like this is the new cycle that's in the Premier League. Yeah, this is the new cycle that's in the Premier League. Will be around for a few years. Obviously, people have tried to think. Well, can we copy the Guardiola style? And really. Yeah, and no one really has, no. has been able to. No, because, you can't. <laughs> because, uh, if that kind of style takes hours upon hours of drilling it onto the training and field. Years with Man City, into practice, you yeah. have to do it for two, three with years. With Man City, and it's you know very typical of you know when he went to when Pep went to Bayern, and obviously when he was at Barca, is that teams can match their intensity, yeah. but they can never best it. So yeah. if you do catch them on an off day. And you match, and you again, you match them, and you go. Yeah, Norwich you'll never, uh, Man City. Yeah, yeah, you'll season, never see Man City. You'll never see Man City really get a slap, like potentially no, against no. a team like a Liverpool, or you know maybe if they meet a team in the Champions League, like I don't know, see like a, you know, like like a Barcelona potentially, yeah. or or a or a Juventus. But like it's it you, again, they're not going to be able to match that intensity. But when teams play their own way, so see a Burnley, you know, they've stayed in their lane. They play the way that they know they can play. They use the assets that they've got. You know those big strikers, that know the you know big industrious like defenders, and it works to their advantage. And they don't care whether they win. You know eight nine games in a season, one nil. At the end of the day, that's eight nine games. You know that's that's potentially thirty points from you know just being boring and playing yeah. playing in a horrible so ugly way. Got winning, play, you've got to play yeah. to win, play to win. And one team that does play to win is Sheffield United, and they won two 0 against Aston Villa. Now. Jesus. Um, Last season, um, Sheffield United was 3-0 up and Villa came back. And that was like in the 80th minute or something that were 3-0 up and Villa came back and got a result out of it. Nice. Things have changed so much. And I'll tell you what, I don't... Samba United, that's what I've called them. Because Chris Basham, on his, Callum, me and you have to... We need to have a conversation because I want to know what Chris Basham has been eating for his breakfast. And I also want to know what he's been doing uh, on the training field. Because... Basham, he turned on the star last week and he's turned it on again. I have no idea what he's thinking about playing little back heels and stuff like that, that high up the pitch. And there he is. He finds Lundstrom, he squares it to Fleck, bam, 1-0. And if that was Real Madrid, if that was Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Juve, one of the big clubs, we're, that would be on constant repeat. People waxing Everyone lyrical. Everyone literally going absolutely skipping. Well, let's wax lyrical and battle for them. Well, this is what I'm doing. There's, there's yeah, not one standout player at Sheffield United. There's not one that stands out. Every single week, they're turning out. And, you know, they haven't won every game, you know. They're not... No one expected this. And I no, say, no, say no. this is that, you know, like, what is happening there is... is it's perfect at the moment. Whatever's happening, is I hope nothing changes for them. Yeah. And I hope you know I'm supposed to hate Sheffield United, and I do. But what they're doing, <laughs> but what they're doing, yeah, but you love Chris Wilder, so it's hard. But what they're doing, <laughs> what they're doing at the moment, no one can sniff at. You know, like you see, look at the other teams that went up from last year. You know, the situation. Well, Norwich are Again, like I'm sitting there saying about like you know the lack of creativity behind players like Pookie. Again, a lot well, of the goals. Well. But a lot Camwell's a great player. A lot, a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the goals that Pookie's making, like Pookie scoring. Uh, uh, 
uh, of his own creation. Well, I, 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 and again, like I was saying, I with Sheffield, talk about it's, again, it's, it's something that I noticed about Peter it's all the it's all the all the sum of its parts. What Sheffield are doing, <clears throat> every single player is playing a role. You know, it's a massively British core team. And I tell you what, like people will look at obviously like you know Klopp, manager of the season, Brendan Rodgers particularly will be in that conversation. But how can we look beyond someone like Sheffield United and Chris Wilder? Because yeah. what he's got, Chris, Chris Wilder's got the magic sauce, man. He's, oh, that's all I've got to say about him. He's, he's the boy, mate. He is, he is magic. <laughs> well, I was banging, I was banging on about the the Samba style with Sheffield United, and the second goal was arguably better. Um, so Steve, Stevens gets the flick. Um, so he's like flipped it, like, sort of like scooped it over, and then McGoldrick is 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 sort of like flipped it over his shoulder into the path of Fleck, and he bags again. That's his first ever brace. Um, Villa could have got back into the game though. Um, they had a penalty. It went to VAR. Skipped and hit the hit the hand of the defender there. Um, went to VAR. Gave the penalty. Um, Greedish steps up, puts his foot right through it. Hits the bar. Nothing in it. I think that I could. They didn't look like creating or scoring much in that game anyway. No. They got a penalty. If he scores it, you know, they get G'd up. They go on. They try and score another. But you know, you miss a penalty. You miss a penalty. Yeah. Nothing, yeah, nothing in it for Jack Grealish. Had a great season. Yeah. Four games to run through quickly. Arsenal versus uh, Manchester City. Arsenal nil. Manchester City three. Get humped. Stay humped. St- get humped. Stay humped. Indeed. Now Arsenal. I felt that they played. That they actually played quite well. Yesterday they they pressed a lot more. They were um, weren't on their heels as 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 much as they normally are. I thought I thought I thought Torreira had a fantastic game, but Man City they know exactly what to do in those situations and and they and they capitalised. Man, uh, this uh, no disrespect to Arsenal, no respect to you boys. No, that's fine. Arsenal going into that game, I think I just feel like there were two or three players that looked a little bit defeated going into it. I don't think that the tactics were, were right. You know, if you're going to press against Man City, like, they played such a high line. I don't understand what they were doing. Like, and, and again, like, two minutes in, you, those things, they, they happen because of poor preparation and it looked poorly. poorly but then prepared. after 30 seconds, Arsenal could have been a goal up. They could have been. You know, I, I look at it like this and, you know, I'm not going to get too much into Lundberg because we haven't got much time left. But, like, <laughs> it's just, we all said it, every single one of us. Not one person, you know, like, is just blind faith saying, you know, give him a chance. Like, everyone said, this isn't the right thing to do. Like, it should have just been... On an interim basis, Freddie Lundberg in charge. Well, we absolutely go all guns blazing for a new manager, mm. and they haven't. They ha- it looks like they haven't done it because if they had lined someone up or you know knew what they were doing, we would know something by now, or they would have gone and done it. Everton have lost, you know, got rid of Silva. Ancelotti's in Merseyside having talks. Apparently today they're having talks with Arteta. If they want to get it done, don't um and ah about it. Just go and do, do it. it because I tell you what, we, there's not, really, Arsenal. That's there's not really much to say about that game well, apart from Kevin De Bruyne as a baller. Yeah. Kevin oh, De Bruyne, those two, mate. Those two goals he scored were the first one. Even though you could say, "Oh, yeah, it was in the box. He had an open goal." Kind of the no, way. That, the t- no, 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 no. no. But what I'm, I'm, yeah. no, no, no. What I'm saying is, people could be saying that. But when you actually look at it as a football player, you know that those chances are more likely to end up in the back of the stands than the back of the net because yeah. the the power that the the crosses. Come into him. He's been pinged into him. Yeah, it's that pace. And he's and he's not. He's not. He's guided it, but he's also put a bit of pace into it himself. And it's skimming at mid, yeah. at mid shin. That's what yeah. we call it. He's got to get over the top of it, and then it. Got, you know, at the end of the day, like we talk about his technique, but it's it's just a great goal. It's you great, can't like goal. 
Honestly, you know, like um, on Soccer AM yeah. when they try and recreate goals and stuff, and like Jimmy Bullard. Oh yeah, he's gonna. It'll take yeah, him. Take it, yeah, that's take about fifty odd opportunities yeah. to get it into that point of the net, and with the swaz that he's put yeah. on it, absolutely incredible. His second goal, as I said to you, I thought that was a really clean goal. It was <sighs> just so. It was just turned Gendouzi, who's got the wrong side of him to begin yeah. with, and. <laughs> He's used Callum Chambers with his left peg and it was such a clean finish. Me and Alex looked at each other like... Mm. Yeah. It's one of them... <laughs> do you remember when Henri came yeah. on and scored against Leeds with his first touch? Yeah. Oh, he, God. My, he, I still get emotional Me, me and my that. dad stood up and applauded it. Really, no, massive Leeds fans. And there's sometimes performances like that. Even, like, I think Arsenal fans knew they were going into that game and they knew it was, a, you know, hiding to nothing. Yeah. And it, that, that's painful because it shouldn't be that way. The players should at least be given something. And again, I don't think enough of them did give it enough. Like, it's almost, and I said this about Liverpool, the effect that, you know, do they roll over? Are they going to look at that and go, oh, well, you know, we're going to get a tanking anyway. So, but like, you know, you've got to stand up and look at a performance out from De Bruyne. That, for me, he is, is the best creative player in the Premier League. Man, he was special. If he was at Liverpool... They'd win everything every season. Every year. And um, he also could have bagged a hat-trick just moments before. And I, I think the uh, I think um, the quote from Jamie Carragher <laughs> was, oh, <laughs> um, I believe. Um, so, like, it was just, in, like, Le- Leno's save was sublime because he's, uh, he's coming in, like, he's, got, he's going wide at the post. He's come in, he's saved it, and he's flipped it onto the post. But... If Leno would have got a strong hand to it and it still went in, you couldn't even blame Leno for it. It was no. just... It's full, full, full stretch. He's, he has literally got fingertips to yeah. it. Save of the season for me. Yeah. Ooh, brave. Um, and then obviously Sterling scored. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, in the second half, not, not really a lot not happened. But like, I, th- I felt Arsenal tried to get a bit more... They tried to get something... Hey, uh, no, no, uh, second half, lads. Um, yeah. <laughs> But like um, interesting Ozil. point, Oz- yeah, yeah. Ozil. Um, I think hopefully fans should realise that there was that whole. It was either Emery or Ozil. They should have realised it was neither. Both. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Neither. Get um, rid. Yeah. So I hope to God that they realise that now because he salt. He came off the pitch. He's another one. His attitude, His attitude. stinks every week, um, and. He's just there to collect a check, and that's what we need to get rid of. The way he walked off the pitch yesterday, very um, similar to the way that Xhaka walked yeah. off the pitch. Xhaka bit. Xhaka bit. Ozil didn't, but Xhaka. As I then Ozil yesterday, he kicked his kicked his gloves. It's it was yeah. Uh, coming off the back of what happened with the whole China incident as well, it's not been a good few days for him. I mean, morally, he might be standing up for his morals, and fair enough. I applaud him as a human being for standing up in something he believes in, but. It's not been a good day for not been a good few Charles days. Charles played. I feel like he's not, he's not focusing on what is going on on the pitch, and yeah, that's the end of the day. It's what he, he doesn't gets. want to. That's the point. He's, he's, he's collecting a check. This is the thing is that that's what he gets paid to do, and he should, he should be doing it yeah. because at the end of the day, we've said it. You know, at, at sort of like Leeds for years. If you don't want to be here, then you go. As, yeah. as far as I'm aware, say it, we'd rather you. As go. far as I'm concerned, he is at the moment. He is Arsenal's biggest problem because of the amount that they're paying him, and they can't shift him on because of the amount that they are paying. And even and he's not going to want to leave because. The amount that we are paying and him. It, and even if Arsenal turn around and say we'll pay 50% of his wages, just get rid, clubs are still yeah, like, it's like, don't fancy paying 175 grand yeah, exactly. for him. So Arsene Wenger and Ivan Gazidis have got a lot to answer for. Well, for they, that, well they haven't because they've, they've gone, well, exactly, they're gone yeah. they don't care about yeah. Arsenal. Uh, Wolves 1, Tottenham 2. Now, Tottenham 1, Tot- uh, Tottenham 2, Wolves 1. 
Wolves yeah. one, Tottenham two. Was it two one, wasn't it? Yeah, two one. Yeah, yeah he just said it. He just said it in the backwards. Yeah, no, I said it in the correct way because it was at Molyneux. Oh, you're all right, Mister Ali. Ali, oh, what's his name on Gillette Soccer Saturday? He always says it like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 Alan McNally. That's it. Alan McNally. He oh, always goes I'm the McNally. That's it. I'm doing things. I'm doing things properly because that's what I like to do. I Wolves one, Tottenham. Two. Well, I tell you what, we'll listen back, and if I, uh, if it is, I'll, I'll buy the next round. Don't worry, we'll, we'll edit. Um, in, we'll edit this out. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> so I'm um, right. Spurs. But if I'm wrong, I'll buy the next round. Spurs okay. look like they're quietly going about their business yeah. now. Did you see the celebration Mourinho did? He proper celebrated he that. He it. was proper. Uh, I I feel passion. sorry for Wolves because they were. Good. Again, zone, again, zonal defending for for Vertonghen's goal. You know, it's been. I I don't understand how from, you know, fifteen sixteen yards out, no one's picking up Vertonghen moving in the box, and then yeah. he, he wins a, he wins a free header and puts it in the bottom corner because mm. you know people might say you know he's not had the great you know best last two you know, two seasons, but you can't leave a player on the box. I hate zonal defending. Get rid of it. Put it in the bin. Yeah, and it's it's on the world stage, Vertonghen. You know, he plays for he plays for Tottenham. Tottenham have. Clearly shown He's got that third place that World Cup medal. No, exactly. They're clearly shown that they're up there over the last couple of years, and the fact that he is part of that Belgium side, you know, so he can play left back, he can play centre half. Is fantastic. Tottenham keep doing what they're doing. They're finishing the top four at Chelsea's expense. Yeah, and uh, we, we, I think it, someone, someone said that on the show a few weeks ago, and I was like, nah. This top four is staying as it is, and now Chelsea are falling apart. Yeah, and this is it's, Mourinho. One, so thing that, one thing that we've seen in the last few weeks is that nothing, nothing is said and done. We've learned it in the Championship. There's been some crazy results in the last few weeks, and it's the same in the Premier League. We're not even into 2020 yet. Nothing is said and done. Anything could happen. You know, like Liverpool go on and lose a couple of games. They've got, they've got an awful busy Christmas period. You know, that if well, they've got Monterey on Wednesday night yeah. in Abu Dhabi. Um, and they're also playing on Tuesday night yeah. um, in the uh, Carabao against Aston Villa. It's a madness. Yeah. Villa, Villa, four to one yeah. on. Tottenham, oh. Tottenham deserve the points. I, I, I felt. Yeah, yeah. Tottenham, Tottenham deserve the points, and it well clearly meant a lot to them because he. I think Mourinho recognised that that was a very, very good result. Come yeah, the end it, of the season, well, that could be the vote. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And Wolves. Like that's their first defeat in twelve in the Premier League. Away from home. So yeah, so that's that that is massive. Um, Leicester one, Norwich one. Now nobody predicted this. No. I th- so I'm going to disagree with you there. Leicester <laughs> fans have been have been have been wanting this kind of situation to happen because at the end of the day, don't get me wrong, you want to win every single game, but does that take the pressure off Leicester a little bit? I think maybe it does. Hmm. That's, an interesting, well, that's an interesting is that an interesting way to look at it or is that a kind of like a still a, a small yeah it's almost like they're still transitioning about becoming uh, this is the fans maybe this, I, I reckon the squad probably see it differently as does Brendan Rodgers oh, no, the, fa- the, the fans looking at it as oh we need to draw a game to stop the pressure from building on this that to me says that's a quite a small club mentality. No, so no, no. So, so sound it to me. So yeah. one thing I was reading online. So I go in the Twitter comments and read. There's a lot of less players saying. So I said it as a Leeds fan. You know, like this weekend we're you know we're like ten games undefeated now. We're ten points clear of third. We should have been twelve. We're three 0 up. Well, we're three 0 up. Like so we drew sorry. three. So we drew three three with, with Cardiff. And a lot of people are losing their minds saying, oh, this is where it begins, the fall apart. And it's like, well, no, at the end of the day, if you'd have said to us 10 games ago, you'd be 10 games undefeated, you know, in, included in that will be, you know, a draw against Cardiff 3-3. We'd be like, oh, okay, okay it'd be like, yeah. what, eight, nine points clear of the team in ten, third? 10 points clear of the team oh, in third. Points. So the way I look at it is like that. Yeah. So a lot of the less fans were saying, do you know what? Like, yeah, obviously you look at a game like 
against a team like Norwich and say, you know, oh, we wanted to win that. Same with Liverpool when they drew against Man United. Oh, well, maybe Man United have found the, re- the way to, you know, get a result out of Liverpool. Never won every single game since then. Never won every game in the league before that. Yeah. End of the day, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean Leicester are guaranteed a top four place. It's very, very likely at this moment in time because, again, yeah. teams below them are, you know, dropping points all over the place. I'm sure Leicester were vowing them to beat Wolves. Uh, vowing Tottenham to beat Wolves at the weekend yeah. because they want all them teams to back each other up. Keep holding them all back. That way, when things like this do happen or you know, they get a couple of injuries, then that is the way. At the end of the day, a draw in the Premier League is better than a loss, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. A Norwich have shown we've just... beaten Manchester City this season. That, you know, uh, yeah, we've beaten Man City. Think... We've beaten... We've beaten um, yeah, we're beating Man City. We were unlucky against Man United with a couple of decisions, etc. We got a point against Arsenal and we got a point against Leicester. I, I, I just like to think that Leicester fans should have a bit more confidence in their side. They do. That's the game of the King Power. I, 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 I get, is, get, is I get what they're trying to say. It's like, oh, if we've had it so good, we don't want it to fall apart. I get that. No, they're not but, saying that. What they're saying is, hopefully, that result, which is disappointing, will just take the pressure uh, so off. And are they then looking at the point that it's going to spur them on to then go on another long again? If that's the case, then fair enough. But I still think, you know, it does sound... The unbeaten run does continue, which is fantastic. And now I've, what I do feel sorry for is Jamie Vardy because everyone thought it was a Vardy goal and it's not. It wasn't Definitely going in. Not. It's an Oggy from, um, from Tim Krull. Um, but he was inspired... Uh, he had he was in inspiring form in the second half, and there was a lot of opportunities where Leicester could have could have won the game because Leicester were they were the better team on on, oh, on yeah. the day. There's no two ways about it. But what I did like about Norwich is that they didn't they had no panic, they had no fear, and uh, it was Timmy Puki who's got the opening goal from a through ball, um, and and Sionchu just what well, we we bag on him all week. We love him, um, but he just wasn't at the races at all on on, on the day, and. What, how Leicester, how Liverpool, oh God, how Norwich um, were treating Pookie was how Leicester treat Vardy. There were so many opportunities after that where it was like a long ball over the top or a direct ball over the top for Pookie to run onto. Pookie could have a trick. Nine goals in the Premier League, playing for, no disrespect to Norwich again, a team with a, a serious lack of depth and looking like, you know, they're really going to be involved in a dogfight down there. And this, this, you know, come this time in May, Nine goals for Norwich, that's an incredible stat. I said it when Charlie Austin was playing for QPR, how he bagged as many goals as he did playing for QPR. Yeah, and they had, like his pens are, uh, uh, a couple of them. But <laughs> day, like, he's, I'm not saying it's above Norwich, or you know, Norwich aren't a great club at the end of the day. They're in the Premier League and they were brilliant last year. You know, they had a good start this season. And then, they're, they're, again, like looking a bit like Middlesbrough, had a great team on paper. Like Didn't concede a lot of goals when Middlesbrough in the Premier League. Yeah, years back. yeah. But... At the end of the day, they didn't score they didn't enough. score enough. They didn't create enough. They didn't score. Enough. And that's what I do like about Norwich. They do score goals. In the last game, um, Liverpool two, Watford nil. Um, Pearson, he when he was in charge of Leicester, he had Vardy and Kane on the bench. You know, it's just like that for me. I was like, this guy doesn't really know what he's doing. But then he shaped Leicester to be the team that became the champions. A number of years ago, um, say a number of years ago, what, three and a half years ago. Um, I think he can do a job at Watford, but I feel that it might be too late. See Silver at Hull. Yes, yeah. exactly that. It, it, they, he, I think he'll be really happy with that performance. Yeah, he it will a, be. It was I a horrible think... game to watch because there was it was riddled with mistakes from both teams. It was it was a really unprofessional game. Yeah. To see, there was a lot of mistakes, and there was just a couple of moments of quality from individuals that won Liverpool the game. Hey, and, and it could have been the 
complete opposite uh, opposite direction. You know, Watford they had a corner, um, Liverpool broke, then Salah he cuts inside off onto his right peg onto his Wait chocolate peg and he bags there you go 1-0 loves it um, but then it could have been one each only moments later and it just as so has got all the time in the world and he air shots it um, and it's, it, it's it's a shame um, he was quite impressive though Sar same sort of problems that he was posing on Arsenal when he was playing for Wren in the Europa League last year in both legs and what he was doing at Wren throughout the whole season we also need to remember that the kid's 21 22 so he he can be something good now Mane did think he made it 2-0 um, the goal was disallowed um, for VAR oh it's the first mention oh, no it's not the first mention um, I thought it was, that's the first mention of VAR in this show uh, but it's not um I still think that was quite an embarrassing decision by VAR because it was literally like the side. It was an elbow, wasn't it? No, it was no, it was almost like, like the pocket of his shorts. Like obviously, I don't have pockets on the shorts in, in the Premier League, but that's what it was like. It was, it was poor. Um, Cabasele is a very, very bad defender, and <laughs> he proved himself two, three, four times over. Um, two in particular, one free kick outside the box, the, um, the referee allowed play, um, uh, allowed the advantage, um, and then they didn't bring it back from the shot, which probably think... It felt have... a bit Sunday league watching him play against Salah because it was very much sort of as if, as if someone had gone, yeah, get on top of Salah and just bully him out of the game. It was like... And it was to give away silly fouls like that, at the end of the day, if you're going to afford Liverpool opportunities like, in, your, in your defensive third... Like you're going to get punished regardless of whether it happens you know once or twice in a game like you catch Liverpool on an off day they can still beat you 2-3-0 oh. do you know um, Faisal Faisal Karaya no uh, well he is like the local lad he used to play like all the like, he used to play for like Rugby Town and uh, like played at Wellington Town played at um, Russian Diamonds and whatever and it just reminded me like Salah like Faisal was Salah and like Cabasele was every other brutish 6 foot 2 defender Who's not very good? Yeah, um, and that's that's what it reminded me of. It was mad because um, he, he played him out the park. Um, Salah's filth, uh, to be fair. Uh, Mane, uh, Mane with his run, the cross was beautiful. Um, Origi misplaced um, his shot, um, and then it found Salah with a back heel on his two 0 What an amazing Liverpool, goal that was! And now Instinctive. It was beautiful, and Liverpool are now like two, um, ten points clear. Um, quickly, very quickly, Europa League draw. Um, Wolves are playing Espanyol. Um, Copenhagen are at home against Celtic in the first leg. Olympiacos versus Arsenal. Club Bruges versus Manchester United. And Rangers, they face Braga at home in the first leg. Um, a couple other um, games which I wanted to flag up, which, which I think might be quite tasty, is Leverkusen versus Porto. And um, Salzburg, who only just missed out on the next stage of the Champions League, really, because if they got a result against, Man uh, against Liverpool, they would, they would have been um, in that position. And um, they're uh, away in the first leg to Frankfurt. That I think the Europa League draw could be could be quite tasty. If the British teams aren't at the races and aren't bothered about the Europa League, then I fancy a team like Rangers who are dogged, they've got an experienced, you know, European player now, manager in Gerard. I just I think there's a little bit of romance about Rangers at the minute and the way mm. that they're playing and, and under Gerard and you know, there's a whole thing about Klopp's contract running out in twenty twenty four and so does Gerard's and is that gonna be yeah, the one where it takes over? Very true. I feel like he in the Europa League, if you disrespect it, which you shouldn't, because if Arsenal win the Europa League, they're in the Champions League this year, last yeah. year. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing when Man United did it, they didn't finish in the top four, they won the Europa League, they get Champions League berth. And at the end of the day, for, for clubs, that's massive. And I feel like a club like Rangers, 
if they go on and you know win the Europa League, or but like you look at a team like Wolves, right? Wolves on their day can go toe to toe with any team in the Premier League, and I don't see why not. Why a team like Wolves wouldn't absolutely prioritise something like the Europa League, and you know Espanyol, I don't think they're going to have enough to problem a team like Wolves. No, 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 no. So Espanyol, when you get past this stage, then suddenly you start thinking about it, and thinking, well, actually, wait a minute, because there's you know put some respect on the Europa League's name. You win the Europa League, put some respect on the name. Yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely it's one to follow. Um, but on some clubs in there, they're probably looking at priorities elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, you've been watching Two Up Top, the weekly football review show um, with myself, Gav Mack, Alex Osborne and Adam the Greek. You'll be able to catch Adam in the next 45 minutes if you are watching the show uh, at the Mail Coach because the quiz show starts in about 45 minutes. Um, we are recording the show from Stalker's recording studio in Kings Heath. Fantastic place. We'll um, put some links for, for those guys out here. Well, we tag them in it, so you'll be able to click on them. So, therefore, you'll be able to find out more information. Um, we're also in association with the male coach, the best boozer in the whole of Northampton. Fact. And my favourite boozer in all of New York, the Macau Sports Bar and Grill. If you're ever in New York, go say hi to Cabs because she's an absolute legend. Um, if you're listening to the show, then you won't catch Adam in 45 minutes. Um, you have to wait until Monday next week. Thank you and good night.